Hi there. My name is Tyler Brickley, and I'm the marketing manager for DGA Disc Golf. And on episode six of the DGA Disc Golf Live podcast, I got to hang out with Hawk Corrick, who is a Team DGA member from the East Coast, and Dandridge Marsh, who is a Team DGA member from the West Coast. So we timed it out so that Hawk came in and I hung out with him for about 30 minutes. We brought in Dandridge and all three of us laughed together and chatted for a few minutes. And we kicked out Hawk because who needs Hawk? And I finished the show with Dandridge. I had a lot of fun getting to know these guys even a little bit better. And I hope you do too. Welcome to episode six of the DGA Disc Golf Live podcast. My name is Tyler Brickley. And I will be hanging out with a couple good friends, probably. I mean, like, I've talked to them a couple times, and I have a feeling that if I lived in the same part of the country as them, we would be good friends. We're at least good online friends and teammates. Hawk Corrick and Dandridge Marsh. And we've been chatting earlier already to get everything set up and to get the sound levels appropriately leveled. And those guys are a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to tonight. We're going to be answering your questions. We are broadcasting this live on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast, please go to youtube.com slash DGA disc golf to subscribe to our channel because as fun as you're having right now, just think about this. You're having, let's say level seven fun listening to the DGA disc golf live podcast. Let's take that up to an 8.3 guaranteed 8.3 level fun if you watch live on YouTube because you can chat and we will interact with your questions. So without further ado, I am going to bring in my potentially very good friend, Hawk Corrick, and here he is. This this is not the webcam experience I signed up for. Um, yes. Sorry about that. I think that someone in your family rerouted, uh, my credit card information went to a girl in Poland and I'm yeah. not sure how this is going to work out. Yep. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Not sorry. This is going to be way more fun anyway. Hey guys, let me know if Hawk is yes. echoing. Let me Hawk. Tell us about your day, and during that, I'm going to keep an eye on the chat to see if you are echoing. And then my I'm... day today: um, exercised, perfect putt 360, lunch, took a walk with the wife, came back, watched disc golf, talked to you online, made fun of Dan or Jasera. That sounds like a pretty ideal day. Let's see if I can. What if I did this? Now, now, I don't now, like how that sucked. Now tell me that exact same story again. I uh, got up, exercised. Oh, I forget the order. Oh, perfect putt 360. Uh, lunch, took a walk with the wife, came back, watched disc golf, talked to you, made fun of Dan Ridge's hair. Okay, guys, I think that I have solved it. Um, I'm using my mid-Atlantic accent. Is that a problem? <laughs> Your Cary Grant yeah. Accent, a slight echo. Okay. Well, I, th- oh, worse, worse. They say, I'm, I'm going to wait for that to confirm doc. Not that I don't trust you, but you know, uh, need, need a couple more witnesses to verify that. And then I'll switch it back. Hawk, as you can, as you can tell, 
your byline is your disc golf hero. What does that mean? Um, back when the association had their own message board, I was really active on that in the early 2000s. And I was the guy that would cause them trouble by asking questions that didn't need to be asked and saying things that didn't need to be said. So I became everyone's disc golf hero because I was the guy that would bring up the stuff that nobody else would. It's in no way talent based. You were kind of like the uh, not scapegoat. Gadfly. Is that what that is? Yeah. That was a very Somebody limited run of for you. blowflies. Okay, but tell me more about this online forum. So DGA had like a, is that no, what I'm? No, PDGA. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought yeah, you meant yeah. like DGA had one of those online forums, and I'm like, okay, I want to find that because that would be fascinating. Now the PDGA actually eventually shut it down. I'm proudly one of the reasons why. Um, <laughs> but I'm the only one in the history of that that got banned for life. Oh wow! Hey, congrats, Hawk. Okay. Thank you. I actually became a verb because guys, I was told later guys would talk, hey, careful, don't post that. You'll get corked. Oh, wow. Yeah, corked. So. Corrugated. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the cardboard. Yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. So, Hawk, you were on Team DGA. Congrats, by the way. Thank How, you. Thank you, John. You've been on Team DGA for at least a year because I've been around that long and I've seen you around. So three years, this is my third. Nice. Okay. I want to know you post a lot of pictures of you playing disc golf. Uh What good things have you done in your life that have led to having the ability to have that much time to dedicate to the game that we all love? Because honestly, I am envious of all of the pictures that you post. I'm like, wow, Hawk is, he played yesterday, the day before that, and the day before that, and there he is again. Okay, a couple of trade secrets to that. Don't have kids. Oh, (laughs) dang it. Oh, for one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Then uh, get out of college, go work for a county government for 32 years, retire the end of last April, this April. Oh, wow. And so I've, so I've had nothing but free time since May 1st. And if you go back and really trend through, you'll notice that that's when things really started that's picking when up. That's when it kicked up. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Congrats you dragged on your retirement, whole, by the way. Yeah. You dragged me into the whole perfect putt thing. Mm-hmm. And I was out there just every day. Because, you know, you're in pandemic uh, stay-at-home orders. What else am I going to do? Sure. Um, speaking of perfect putt, Scott wants to know, what is your best score on perfect putt 360? Okay, let me go to the phone. Hold on. You're in the By 250 the way, club, right? I mean, I know that. I never got the chat going, so you'll just have to read it to me. Uh, 297 okay. on May 16th. Wow. Oh, man, you're right there. Have you been pushing 300 on it a handful of times, or is that like the by far the best you've done? 297, 289, 281, 281, 275, 274. So that's a one sad is, litany of failure. N- n- yeah, failure. My no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Failure. Let's just let's come on. Just, the goal is three hundred at least. I know. That's what. That's why I'm uh, gonna talk about a litany of failure here. 
Um, this is, I'm really enjoying this with Dandridge off to the side because I'm just watching him get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dandridge was six glasses of wine in when we talked to him 20 minutes ago. So when by the time he gets on... It's all over. <laughs> it is just toast city. <laughs> it might just be the top of his head. It just says he's passed out on his desk at home. Um, mine isn't even accurate. I've got several over 200, but I'm remembering that's because I made that video with Drew Gibson. And I wanted to have graphics for the screen. So I actually went through and was keeping track of the ones that he did on the video. So I think my oh. highest score is only 194. No, no, you claimed the... you're in the 200 club. Did I? I oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Because I got, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I got 200 on yeah. the nose. Because that yes. was a sad day for me. <laughs> sad. Yeah, we're both in the 200 club from a certain I'm in the point of view. Club. <laughs> 250. 250. It's like, if we could avoid breaking those clubs down and just keep it by centuries, then you'd lump well, here, a lot of players Well, here's the other test. Either. If you scroll all the way down your high scores, like my lowest high score is 195. So oh, meaning okay. everything that's oh, actually wow. in there is above 195. That's really, yeah. that's really awesome. Um, well, I got sucked into it. You had me doing like seven or eight a day there for like a month and a half. Now, now I'm like, I'm a drug addict. I do just one a day. I still see you doing it. I got to say that's really cool because since we stopped the campaign, uh -huh. I don't know that I've done it. <laughs> Zagon's still stalking me. Anytime I like post that I did it, I get all like likes and loves from him. So he's still out there watching. So there's still some like positive reinforcement happening when you, when you do one. Well, my, my friend Brad, he's the guy, he's the guy that had the 312. He's the only one that we know other than Macbeth that got 300. And he did that a couple of years ago when he was doing it obsessively. So he, he seriously like, we need to stop posting anything that's not over 250. So that's yeah. why mine has dropped off because uh, okay. like two days ago, I was 249. I'm like, well, no need to use the phone now. <laughs> it's really it's really pretty impressive. If people don't know what we're talking about in the chat, go download the Perfect Putt 360 app. In fact, I'll even type that in here. Um, it is, and I want I want to get your because you by far are the most experienced with it at this point. But really quick, I will just say that it was such a great training tool for me. It took me from being a incredibly sporadic putter to being a sporadic putter. Wow. Just a couple months, and the same can happen to you for just two ninety nine in the App Store. That's going to be in somebody's advertising campaign. <laughs> no, it seriously made me a better putter. My chump friends noticed that I'm putting better when we're out there playing. And because I think I was like everybody else, I'd go into the backyard, you take the two putters and you just start putting and roaming around at different distances and stuff. And, and once it became a competition and there were sort of rules, then that kind of made it more serious. And one of the reasons I just do one game a day now is I used to do okay, here's the first game. If I can beat that score, I'll keep going until I don't keep climbing a ladder. And you remember that video you did where you're out there for like two and a half hours and you just wanted to die? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so you can just drag those out. So now I'm like, okay, but there's no pressure there. Whereas when you're competing, there's real pressure to make the putt. So I figure if I just play one game, then the pressure's on to try to get to 300 in just this game. 
The downside for me is if I know after the first 10, six, seven, first five, six, seven friends that I'm not getting a 300, then I kind of like slack. Yep. I remember. Yeah. That can relate to that feeling, except my number wasn't 300. Um, Zach says in the chat says, apparently I got 234 once, but my average is 137, which is bad. Zach, it's just, it's relative, right? That's why I like the app because you know, like you're just competing against your average. So anytime you get 140, which would be an atrocious day for Hawk, you know, that's above average for you. And that's, that's the thing to pay attention to. Yeah. A couple of people in the chat, Hawk are talking about the fond memories they had of when we were all doing the putt in place campaign and posting Uh every week about it. That, That was a fun time in spite of the, you know, the whole global crisis thing. And us beating you bad. Do what? And us beating you bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was that. There was that. <laughs> no, but, I found that it really made me a more relaxed putter when I had to putt for real. Yes. Yeah. It gives you like that actual confidence that you always hear that actual good players have. Yep. So like when I set up, I, like I'm very upset now when I miss anything inside the circle. I expect to make all of those. Well, that makes sense. And I blame Sagan for that. (laughs) I I don't have one of the one of the worst and best things you could say about me is that my mind is usually blank. I mean, you know, always. So sometimes it's awkward, and sometimes it's great. Like putting, for example, sometimes it's great. But one thing I did notice after I had done the Perfect Putt three hundred and sixty app for a couple months solid was that putts were just going in better on in real life, like in the course without even thinking about without quote unquote changing anything Mm -hmm. just by going through that app every day, all the sudden putts start dropping. I think the fact that we've done it thousands or tens of thousands of times, you actually now have a routine. You may not subconsciously realize it, but subconsciously you do. Now I'm holding that second putter in my left hand when I'm putting, you know, to prop it. I look like Waisaki, but without the success rate, you know. Okay. And and the lime. Without the right. lime. Um, you got mad at me when I would hold 10 putters in my hand, too. So that's not part of my routine. It's not part of my... No, I left. stole two things from you. I stole, get the stool, stack the putters on the stool. And then I eventually had to designate the first putter and the last putter specifically because you would when you're playing three four five games you kind of like start wandering sometimes you're like that one on the ground when did i put that yeah yeah it was really nice to have two that were much differently colored than the other ones um okay what are they saying we we need to fire up a dga all day perfect putt 360 challenge dandridge that's a great idea we should totally do that uh, I'm down. I'm down to Dandridge. I kn- I've noticed that Hawk has chill on his discs. What is the story on how that came about? So, see this thing behind me? Um, the background? Okay, yes. The painting? Okay. So the wife is an artist, and she signs her paintings chill. So eventually I was like, I need a distinctive mark on my disc. So I said, hey, can you like sort of graffiti your signature on discs so she does all the ones that are in the bag oh that's awesome nice does your wife play disc golf no okay 
She's gone in the backyard and putted with me a couple of times, but she essentially has zero interest. But she's got painting. You've got disc golf. So you've each got kind of a, a creative outlet. An obsession. <laughs> Fair. Tell me about your disc golf journey. Cause I'm, I'm assuming you've played for longer than three years. Uh, I started in 2002. That's longer. So what got you into it and, and bring us up to like, even, even through getting on team DGA or throwing DGA discs. Um, like a lot of guys, I was playing a lot of recreational ultimate. It's not like I'm Andrew Fish or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but you get too old to run after a while. So I'm like in my mid to late thirties and stuff. And, um, I've known about this golf, but I never actually seen it. And then back when newspapers actually existed and you had them delivered to your home, one day the Baltimore Sun here had an article about disc golf over at the state park that's like 20 minutes away from the house. So I said, I need to really go check this out for it. So I drove over, hit the parking lot, found the baskets, um, saw some people playing, and I'm like, oh, I need to do this. So then it was like Dick Sporting Goods, starter three-pack, went out. Um, unlike, you know, an ultra star or other ultimate type disc, they fly completely differently. So you take the most understable disc golf disc and you try to throw them as a beginner. They're just highs ringing on you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've got yeah. the wolf and it's going, you know, like a meat hook, like a quake or something. Yeah. So just kind of went from there, went to an ice bowl, joined the association in 2003, started playing sanctioned. And the first, all the baskets around here back then were DGA. So that was kind of, I guess, my initial DGA. All the courses had DGA baskets back then. Okay. Um, then the first DGA disc I saw, I was at a tournament one time, and this dude was actually putting with a blowfly. And it was like the weirdest thing I'd ever seen, because, you know, nothing folds up like that. It's like yeah. a rubber taco. Yeah, oh, totally. So we were talking about that, and I was like, oh, that's interesting and really weird. I don't want to play with that. And... Um, then around 2015, 2016, one of my friends, Mark Stiles, he's a cousin to John Baldwin, who was with DGA back then. Yep. So Baldwin had given him a bunch of DGA discs, and he'd taken all of his Innova out and put all these DGA discs in. And I was like, hey, those are kind of interesting. And I was always doing different things. I was running around and just carrying four discs and playing in tournaments and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to give this DGA stuff a try. So I started in January of 2017. I got a, started off with a white pipeline, a yellow undertow. That is the perfect first disc to have. No, the perfect first disc to have was the yellow stick. Oh, okay. And then, I, and then I had the lime green aftershocks. So those were the four, and I pretty much played with those for all of 2017. Okay, you said pipeline, aftershock, steady, and what was the other one? Undertow. 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 Which, you know, when you're starting off with a new brand and everything like that, they're pretty much flying fairly similar. Um, the one that I liked the most, I'm, I'm always a putter-centric guy, so I really liked the steady early on. And I still have yellow putters to this day because that thing is yellow. Um, was that lime green aftershock was really funny. And you and I and others have talked about the rim and the, and the feel of it and whatnot, but yeah. the fact that it flies really well. Yep. And that thing just became an amazing disc for me. I just mm. beat that thing up through a whole year. I didn't even have a squall until 18. Okay. And then I had those four. Then I started talking about it. And Baldwin was like, 
you should start mentioning this in your post and they may eventually reach out to you. Okay. And then I just started talking to Hayumi and here I am. That's awesome. So who was your first contact at DGA? Hayumi. Oh, okay. That's right. I, kn- I haven't known him. I think he was, he was, he was KG before me. He was yeah. KG before KG. Yeah. <laughs> he was KG before KG was KG. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your bag now. What are you, what are you leaning on? You don't have to take us through every single disc, but just like if you could kind of go over all of it, but give us a couple like of your go-to's. You know, I only carry nothing. You only ca- well, then in that case, go through all of them. <laughs> I you know if you're one of those 32 disc guys. Oh, nice. Okay, there's the famous uh, your disc golf hero patch. Okay, so we still have. Hold on, I got to figure out how to find the camera. Yeah, there we are. So there's the yellow studies. Okay. This one's been in the bag since last year when the stone BLs first came out. You can see it's got the bites on the end. Okay. Oh, there's the camera. Okay. There it is. Uh, got these two. Uh, for throwing, I've got the bell in here right now. What? I'm sorry. Which one is that? That's the Matt Bell. Oh, nice. Is that uh, 2019 or 2020? This one's 2020. Okay. Did, did you? Just did you have a 2019? Yes. But this and one's a little firmer. I was going to say, do you prefer the firmer? Yeah. Feel to the 2020? Yeah. Um, Dandridge and I will talk about this. Is that uh, a tremor? That's a tremor. Your Skype's trying to make it disappear for it, for the sake yeah. of the painting, but it's coming in every once in a while. Chill. And this nice. is actually, this is the best chill stamp, I think. That's really cool. Isn't it great to have a talented wife? Yeah. Chill. remember we talked about this guy early on mr rift okay there you go yeah i wasn't loving it at the beginning um but this has actually turned out to be very reliable um, you were it's actually been benefit, it's been very beneficial in my mediocre playing this year you were very instrumental in my rift ace hunt campaign that i did oh yeah right when we started out you were one of the faithful posters there and so that surely I, gave you more experience early on with it than just about anybody. And then I parked it for like six months and just recently brought it back out. I actually oh, ramped nice. it off the roof of a basket last week. Okay. But no ace. Nice. Um, this guy got lost. This guy I got it. lost for a while. The pipeline. Mm-hmm. You notice it's double chill. I lost it in a pond. They sent it back to me. So I said, I got it back. Put another chill on it. <laughs> Um, bonsai bonsai okay um not as overstable as i originally thought it was yeah the difference i find between that and the pipeline is pipeline will s on you when you throw it the bonsai straighter with the fade yep and then of course the chump's best friend sale sale. so barrett and i went out and shot a most fun wins challenge today and we did it was a six hole course so we did one round of lefty only uh-huh. one round of rollers only and then one round of would you rather have your hands covered in honey or cooking oil and one of us we each had to pick one of those 
and, uh, and do it. So I threw the sail due to those three things. I threw the sail and the tremor almost exclusively all day uh-huh. uh, because they're so understable. And when you don't have any grip or when you're throwing <laughs> left-handed or need to throw a roller, there you go. Or if you don't have any arm speed. <laughs> if you don't have any arm speed. Scott wants to know, what is the most underrated disc in your opinion? Probably the tremor. People tend to look down on understable discs anyway, because I think yes. a lot of people I think a lot of people mask their shortcomings in their game by having beefy things that just compensation. You know what else yeah. they're masking? If you're throwing something understable, you have to have a little technique and you have to, you know, flip flat and fly straight. You have to know how to hyzer flip. And if you're from Ultimate, you know how to hyzer flip. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really good for that. Um, and it's a fantastic roller. I could never really throw a roller until I started messing around with the trimmer. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, look, this is actually rolling successfully yep. with like intent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, That's awesome. Now you get into the wind, it's a little sketch. Yeah, sure. Except a tailwind. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, then it's just too far. (laughs) Okay, Hawk, do you have anything else for us before we bring in Dandridge and this thing gets really out of hand? No, not at all. While we're still having a civil conversation without, you know, the guy who's been in the background the whole time. I think, I think once Dandridge shows up, you're not really going to be able or needed to talk anymore. <laughs> Should I just <laughs> throw up a two shot with you and Dandridge? I can, Probably. I can go watch Hamilton with my family. They're, they're out there. <laughs> they started without you, though. You're going to have to get caught up. <laughs> they totally did. All right. Let's see if this works. We're in for a little bit of chaos here in three, two, one. Hello, Dandridge Marsh. Is it working? I can hear you great. Hawk, can you hear him? Yes, I can. Excellent. <laughs> he sounds yeah, up on so many screens, I can't tell which ones it's uh, working on. <laughs> Dandridge, you go through and uh, quiet all the rumors about your alcoholism while we get a sound level on you and get some feedback in the chat. Perfect. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is what I do for a living. Um, my boss happened to drop by the house today and uh, left me six bottles of different white burgundies that he wanted me to try. So I poured a little bit of each of them, tried them all, and uh, I'm still perfectly fine. Don't worry about me. Well, then why would I see you play? Caps new ribbon cans. <laughs> okay, getting some feedback on your audio here. Um, so, sorry, Dandridge, I wasn't listening. You said you're how drunk? <laughs> Not at all. Although I am, I am empty, but okay. Okay. I'm perfectly fine. This is, you know, my friend Barrett is not quite 21 yet, so I don't want to drink on the DGA live stream, you know, with a minor. Exactly. Uh, we, uh, we erudite general gentlemen can have, uh, can have a drink here. In fact, We're easily over 21. Easily. You put all Dump. three of us together. Yeah. 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 Lowered his volume. Dandridge is wearing a suit jacket on the show. So thank you, Zach. Right. Thank you for pointing that out. Dandridge yep. is, are you just coming from a commencement speech or something? Or is that just because you <laughs> feel like the show itself like, is due the honor? 
Yeah, I just felt like being extra classy. In fact, the thing that I did before this was I went to the dentist and I actually rode my bike over to the dentist. So I was in a t-shirt and shorts before this. And then uh, I got dressed up for just this. And uh, yeah, why not? I was hoping he was going to say he was wearing the jacket on the bicycle. No. no <laughs> or or that he's still just wearing the basketball shorts and he just put on a button down in the jacket. Oh, oh gosh. Go. Oh, gosh. Well, Oh, okay. I want right. pants and a belt, even. All right. If you're listening Again, to the podcast, Dandridge is completely <laughs> naked. Not the web experience <laughs> I signed up for. This it's funny. My wife asked me why I was wearing pants, and I'm like, "Is somebody's going to ask if I'm wearing shorts or not?" And I want to prove that I'm not. Can we circle back on that? <laughs> yeah. That your, that your wife has to clarify. Hey, why are you wearing pants? Yeah. It's, it's a Thursday. Why are you? Why do you have it's pants? It's so on? out of character. Yeah. Yeah, this is with all the COVID and everything, though. This is like one of the first times I've actually dressed up for anything. <laughs> okay. okay. Good excuse. I'm, I'm gonna bump up Hawk's uh, noise just a little bit. Dandridge is louder than me. We're both louder than Hawk, so I have lowered Dandridge a little more and I raised Hawk. Okay, now on the count of three, let's all yell and then see if. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah! How was that, guys? Was that perfect? I think I was intentionally lowered by you going into this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a smart move. <laughs> um, Dandridge, you've been yes. around because I've been chatting with Hawk. Have you ever partaken in the Perfect Putt 360 app? I have. I did not do it nearly as religiously as Hawk did. I was looking at all my scores and everything before we uh, before we came on. It looks like my best was a 264, but I only did it like eight or nine times. And some of that was with a breaker trying to mess with Barrett. So, um, yeah, reasonably good. Um, that's a humble that's, brag. Seriously. And it's even better because you only did it eight or nine times. You know, if I grinded for a couple of years, I could get that score, but not with just a handful of tries. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Hawk has like a dozen scores better than my best one. So probably. <laughs> but uh, Dandridge, we've, I've got time. I'll check. We've seen <laughs> video. We've seen video of your play. Hawk, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen footage. Well, I've seen some throws. I haven't seen any round coverage or anything, but I feel like I did watch a round where Dandridge went into a playoff with another gentleman last year. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Am I thinking of that right? Yeah, there was a, I think it was a live stream probably at the beginning of this year. It was a playoff uh, at the uh, Vintage Cup for the Masters, Pro Masters finals. It was me and two other guys. Okay. Well, where... Um, where we give Hawk a lot of praise because of his putting, I definitely don't want to leave you out. And remember thinking that, man, Dandridge has a, Dandridge has a really good form. You have a really solid well, game. I wish, the, I wish that form made the disc go further, but I've accepted my limitations being in my mid-40s. So. We all do. We would, li- we would all like you a little bit more if you could throw the disc. Yeah, I mean, even another 20 feet. <laughs> my, my wife says the same thing. <laughs> just, just, a, just a little further. Um, so you are a um, sommelier. How do you say that? Sommelier? I'm, I'm not a sommelier. That's like a certified thing. But I've been 
I've been working in the wine industry for probably, I guess, probably 11 or 12 years now. Oh, wow. How, how do you get into the wine industry? Is it like Hawk, where Hawk was like playing a lot of disc golf and then he got noticed by a sponsor? Were you like drinking a lot? Drinking a lot. <laughs> you got noticed I, by- yeah, I, I was. But that's not really how it came about. Um, okay. No, I got into I got into wine when I was in college. Um, we used to Who didn't. I had like a group of people that we would study together. And instead of going to a coffee shop, we went to a wine bar and we would just order a bottle of wine and study like sipping on that for, you know, something different to do. And uh, so we would just go and try all kinds of cool different stuff. And then uh, out of college, I started working in transportation and lived in Dallas. And then later found a company here in Napa that needed someone to handle all of their shipping and logistics. And I was like, Hey, I'm super into wine and I have a transportation background. So I moved out here about 11 years ago. So he was a bootlegger is what he's saying. Sounds about right. Napa, Napa, California. I've never heard of that, especially in relation to wine. Yeah, no, nobody has. It's a tiny little region up here. But it is dangerously close to DGA's headquarters. So I'm about two, about two and a half hours away. Okay. Dandridge can throw so far, says Wyatt Bowles in the uh, chat. Yeah. Wyatt is one of my uh, local Napa buddies. So we've played a lot together. Okay. So that so far is less like how far you can throw and more like him saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wyatt Wyatt definitely throws a lot further than me. Uh, Great Wyatt. (laughs) Thanks. Glad he moved here. He's trying to make up for that now. Yeah, he We're, 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 we're buddies for sure. So Dandridge, I want to ask you about your disc golf journey and what you're doing and stuff out in California. But while we still have Hawk, tell us about your bag. And then guys, I want us all three to talk about the new quakes that have come out. Oh man. You want me to talk about my bag? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have some discs there? Yeah. Same thing Hawk did just kind of walk us through what are some of your go-tos, some of the things you're really enjoying right now in our lineup. So a lot of mine is kind of some interesting, weird stuff. So our home course here in Napa called Skyline um, definitely has some pretty tricky angles. There's a lot of a uh, lot of elevation changes and such. And so I was super pumped when the Glow Hellfires came out. So it's been the first disc from DGA that I really felt strong throwing an overhand with. Yeah. So this went straight to the bat. It's almost the only thing I throw it for. It's almost useless for me throwing four hands or anything else. Can you show that? Um, hold, it, hold that up to the camera because you're so cropped in here. That's the Daniel Bow stamp, right? Yeah. The yeah. Daniel Bow yeah. Memorial. That's awesome. Love that stamp. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I got I got quite a few of these from Mark. I really really enjoyed them. Um, let's hit a couple a couple highlights. I've always loved these first flight rogues. Yeah. And I've recently discovered that I like these a lot for forehands for like a nice flip up forehand. Okay. And so I've been throwing this a lot more. I originally thought it was going to be a good backhand disc, but I've been throwing it almost exclusively forehand for a little while. Um, and then, then the, the old Proline Flex Hurricanes. Oh, nice. Yeah. How does that compare to the, that's the the same like icon stamp one that I compared up against the new tour series, right? That's yeah, the same this run, was, just a different stamp. 
Yeah, luckily in Nor- Northern California, we get a lot of cool tournament stamp DGA stuff. So uh, that's, yeah, the same thing that you had. And then I finally got to compare it to the new Shasta 2021. Yep. And uh, super similar. So yes. I've put this one in the bag for now to kind of start trying to break it in a little bit. It's so exciting to think about not having to like, you know, pay Shasta 70 bucks for another one of his Proline Flex Hurricanes, <laughs> which is what he tells me that they they go for. He says I can trust him and I can yeah. just go buy those stock now. I'm, I'm just you that. Yeah, I'm amazed he sells them to you that cheap. Um, <laughs> one of the other ones that I love, this is my very first Glow Tempest. Um, this is the tournament where it came out. Uh, the end of the trail challenge into the end of the trail classic in 2018. And I knew this disc was coming and I got to throw the prototypes at DGA and was so excited that it was happening. And so I got this disc out of my player pack, put my name on it. And that was my very first a tier win throwing this disc a ton. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was pretty funny. Like I'm playing against a dude that I've been playing with the entire year so we knew each other's bags really well. And he like, we were like seven holes in. He's like, what's that pink disc you keep throwing? Yeah. The <laughs> first run of um, the ice Tempest came out just a tick more overstable than the pro lines later. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The ice Tempest is the, I'd say the glows are probably the least stable version of the Tempest. Oh, okay. Uh, at least for me. Of course, I've also been throwing that one since it came out. So maybe it's extra beat in. Okay. Um, And then, as has been mentioned, the SP Tremor. Mm -hmm. I love my Tremors. This one's been one of my favorites. It's got my my chicken stamp on it. (laughs) Chickens. There you go, Hawk. Hey, that was from last year. It is so great to talk to you guys. I'm so done with talking to Barrett, who's like, yeah, I I only throw um, SP Flex hurricanes because they're just most of everything else is too flippy for me. I'm like, I finally some people I can relate to for sure. Well, remember we covered that guys who hide their form with overstable discs. That's right. Barrett, if you're listening, you need to go to bed. And then then here, we'll just do one last one. This is my first D line squall that I did a like just an ink stamp on with my original three chickens. But this thing has hit a ton of trees. This has been to a lot of tournaments with me. And now it just light turnover, dead straight. This thing's pretty awesome. So I'm already working on beating another one in to fly just as good as this one does. You're going to have to loan it to somebody who actually hits trees when they throw. Yeah, I need to. Or, yeah, or I just need to be less accurate, I guess. Are you available, Tyler? Is that an Yeah, offer? I was going to say, if you want to mail it to me for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I can get it. Okay, guys, before we before we boot Hawk and finish out with Dandridge, I got one question for both of you from Scott in the chat. Um, and this isn't DGA general manager, Scott, so don't don't feel like you need to be respectful in your answer or anything. This is just a normal person. And, you know, okay. we don't have to treat normal people well. Uh, Scott says, if you could only take three discs to a course, which three would they be? And I will add, why would they be those three? Who's first? You. Me. Um, I would, 
I would take my second run SP pipeline. So I feel like I can kind of get that to do just about anything. And then similarly with the mid range, I would probably take my Matt Bell squall okay. that I've been throwing for quite a while. Plus the, you know, hashtag team squall. I need to make sure to keep that going. And then, yeah, there you go. And then I would have to take my putter, the reef, which I've recently discovered. I really like throwing also. So I've actually bagged a Ooh. second line reef. And um, talk about a yeah, dark so horse, super neutral stuff, and then just throw it on the angles I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you always played with the reef? I have, yeah. I was putting with a uh, just a regular DX ABR before I made the switch, and then uh, yeah, I went to the reef. I figured it would fit my putting style. I have a pretty soft, lofty spin putt, and so having that you know, very little stability. I figured would jive with my style a lot. And it really has. I've switched to that. Never looked back. I do switch and putt with a regular beaded D line steady if it's really windy. But other than that, yeah, reef and never looked back. Okay. Mr. Hawk. I'd end up pretty much with the same thing. I would go with Mr. Yellow here, the, the stone BL. I'd have to throw it now, but so be it. Um, I'd also go squall. Okay. Because you're left, right, dead straight. I won a tournament last year just throwing this thing in the woods nonstop. And he wasn't even on a disc golf course. He was just yeah. in the woods. It wasn't a disc golf tournament. It's you know, it's a long story. And you know, I gave myself some cash at the end. I felt really good about it. <laughs> And then uh, I'd also go, I'm not, Dandridge is so much better with the camera than I am. <laughs> Just hold it in front of your nose. Okay, so yeah. There, there it is. So, so yeah, I'd go, I'd go okay. the pipeline also. Okay. The same nice. thing, you can go left, right, straight. Love it. Wise choice. Oh, Thank you, guys. I wanted to... <laughs> We didn't even plan this, but before the uh, before the stream, we noticed that we each had one of the new granite quakes on our desk. Let's see those quakes, gents. Whoa, Hawk, what's going on around the edge of yours? She chilled it up this evening. Oh, wow. Those are like little chills? They are... Like mini chills? They're eyes. Whoa. Oh, nice. That's She's awesome. got a thing with eyes. So I threw this for the first time today. I'm assuming you guys have thrown yours and oh, yeah. instant love affair, instant um, breaking up with a couple of the other discs in my bag and putting this one in because I will say it has, it feels like a quake because you know, it's a quake, but it flies exactly like a proline aftershock for me and i love the flight of the proline aftershock but i've always preferred the hand feel of a quake so it's like talk about the best of both worlds yeah so, uh, that, sorry that ben. would be dramatically different because like the pl quake is just a meat hook yes i give is. i give that to people and they throw it and they go this is the most overstable thing i've ever tried to throw yeah. Yep. So when I saw you and Barrett talking about this being similar to a riff, that's a big spectrum difference. It really there. is. Yeah. So, so I'm be curious. I'm taking it out tomorrow to the field to see what happens. We made a video when we made the Mo most fun wins video. We took a few minutes beforehand to film throwing D line granite 
ProLine and SP quakes all in a row. We each did that. So you can see with someone with stupid power like Barrett, what those discs do for him. And then like a, a normal person like me, what they do. And it is, the difference is pretty, I mean, I'm only holding the ProLine or SP quakes for like not even 200 feet. And then they're, if I ever threw one of those 230, 240, like that would be a really good throw for me. But uh -huh. the granite and the D line, yeah, have a real glidey straight flight that's fading at the end at like 300 and something for mid level arms. So that's like so valuable. Yeah, I would, I would encourage you to try throwing them forehand too. I, I messed around with that the other day, release them on a little bit of hyzer, and like this is going to be like my dead straight pipe a gap forehand disc too. Hmm. Awesome. I've always had like this love hate thing with it because I love how it feels, mm -hmm. but because it's so meat hooky, it has real little utility for me. So if this did become like a rift replacement, that would be really nice. Cause to me the, the best ones in the hand are this and then the tremor. Yeah. Which is funny because they're the different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yep. Hawk, have you thrown the granite quake yet? No. Okay. I was going, going to ask you if I would. Okay. You said that. Sorry. Yeah. I'm posting the, posting the DGA all day page. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that, but I want to hear that tomorrow and not now because right now we'd like you to leave so we can talk to Dandridge. That's fine. Yeah. Thank you, Hawk. And, um, we do appreciate all of the things that you post and, uh, how much you love disc golf and love DGA and we love you. That's awkward. That. I love you, Hawk. That's really awkward. I love you. I'm going to cut the call out. Yeah, cutting the call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Hawk. And let's go back to Mr. Dandridge. Hey. I am. Oh, now I think I need to raise your volume. Oh, am I too quiet? Do I just need to scream? <laughs> there, I think that's going to be fine right about there. We'll get, we'll get some feedback in the chat soon. Um, I'm not sure why it would be louder in the group than in the two-person shot, but I don't know a lot of things. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, Team DGA sommelier. So you're really not a sommelier, so that's awkward. Hang on. Yeah. It's, Let's it's, say Team DGA. Uh, I would I would guess on the team I probably have the most wine experience at least. So within our small group, I what know, my chat. What do you guys think? Let's just figure this out right now, Captain. Uh, I mean, Matt Bell might might throw a fit about that. Well, I don't know. You don't need to be the quote unquote best player on the team to be the captain. Take uh, oh. Paul Ulibarri is isn't he the team captain for Discraft? Uh, I believe so. And I think it's and arguable it that you know there's somebody else better than him on that team. Ben yeah, says it approved. So, oh, let's just. I think he's clearly talking about my captain designation. Well, I'll just put quotes around it for now. That, and if uh, if that works out, we can remove those later. And if not, then uh, <laughs> we won't. <laughs> um, OK, so I asked Hawk this and I want to go back and 
ask you the same question about your disc golf journey. Like how long have you played? What got you into it? And then what was your introduction to DGA? How did you actually get started with team DGA? Cool. Well, um, got into disc golf when I lived in Texas. Uh, I had a friend that I used to rock climb with and we would go to the rock climbing gym and it didn't open. We would, we would get out of the house before it opened. And so we would stop at a disc golf course along the way, play 18 holes, and then we would go rock climb. Um, so that's how I got introduced to the game, got my first couple of discs, and then they just kind of got stashed into the garage. Um, and then when I moved to California, I got into a group of people playing ultimate Frisbee, like a lot of people did. And my ankles were just a little too torn up to run around that much. And so I dusted off my discs and started playing again. Um, and then kind of got into playing leagues and local stuff here in Napa and, uh, Lagoon Valley, which is a great course here in Vacaville. Um, and so, yeah, just started playing leagues and weeklies and monthlies and playing for tags and then signed up for the PDGA and started playing a couple of tournaments in 2015. And um, yeah, so got really into it. I was throwing a lot of Innova and Discraft and being in Northern California, we got a lot of cool DGA stuff and players packs. And so it actually kind of, as much as I love all the understable and straight stuff, it actually kind of started with the Quake. I got a Glow Quake at the Sonoma Pro-Am, and it was the first mid-range that I felt really comfortable throwing forehand. And so it kind of went right in the bag, and I loved it. And um, then right before I went to my first uh, Am Worlds, which I'm looking at my steady on the wall, was 2017 in Quad Cities. Um, I had won a glow undertow in a raffle and glow undertow. Really I've it. never seen so a glow undertow. Up, yeah. There, there were a couple of tournament stamp glow undertows. Hmm. And so then I ended up buying this pro line, uh, first flight undertow, um, and kind of started playing around with it right before I went to worlds and ended up liking it more than the, like, uh, star beast that I was throwing could get a much more consistent flight. And so it went in my bag right before I went to worlds and worlds did not go super great. The first couple of rounds I was having a rough time. And then I noticed like the second half of that event, I was like reaching for that undertow more than anything. And then when I came back, I just started hitting up the DG. I forget what it was called before now that it's been DGA all day. DJ it collector was the DGA disc golf collectors page or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I started going on there and just, you know, inquiring about other discs I hadn't tried. I went and dug through all the stuff I'd gotten from tournaments and started throwing pipelines and, um, squalls and aftershocks and everything. And, um, at that time at DGA, it was Nick Maffei. Okay. And so I hit him up and was asking him about like, Hey, miss Prince. And I want to, you know, like, I just want to check out everything. And so, yeah, if you're ever incredibly bored, go back and look at DGA all day of my posts from like 2017. I'm just all over the place. I was about to ask, I'm glad you said that. Would that have been like early 2018 or something? So 2017. Yeah, this would have been the end of 2017. Um, And, you know, and I knew that there was a DGA 
arm farm and a team and everything, but I was really just happy with the way the discs were working and didn't really want anything more than, you know, just to find some cool plastic that I enjoyed. And I liked that they were local to me. Um, so, and you know, like a lot of this collector stuff is getting, I knew I wouldn't necessarily find a disc that if I needed a replacement, it was going to cost me 50, 60, hundred dollars to replace it. I'm going to throw in, I should have done this. I'll do this for Hawk as well. But in the chat, I'm going to throw in your team page. Oh, yeah. And wow, I'm, can you hear me crunching my eyes? Really sorry about that, guys. Ah, that happens. Okay, um, where is... But yeah, and then, and then actually kind of through the page, I ended up chatting with Nick and then with Huma. And um, I don't know, they just kind of saw my interest in the discs. And I was playing a ton of events at the time. And so, yeah, they had reached out and asked if I'd be interested in being on the team. So, yeah, it's been... Uh, this is my third year. So. so, it's interesting to see the similarities between you and Hawk's journeys at least the at least some of the very general milestones such as when you kind of got into disc when you started yeah. competing when you joined team dga it's been uh similar in some ways yeah i i had no idea we had that much in common i have i have hawks one of the well actually in you and barrett too like there's from traveling around, there's a lot of people from the team that I've been had the pleasure of getting to play with. But uh, yeah, I haven't gotten to go play with Hawk or either of you guys yet. We're going to do it as soon as travel stuff. I was just chatting with Scott the other day. I probably would have been out to California again so far this year at some point um, yeah. to film some stuff and to hang out with the team. But, you know, obviously travel's a little bit more difficult right now. So. Once we uh, once we make that happen, if you're only a couple hours away, we we are gonna do that. Are there? Oh yeah, we got Shasta. You, um, I thought there was somebody else. Oh, there's quite a few. We've got Christine's up north. We've got Lane, who's up near Auburn. Um, yeah, Shasta. We've got Craig out in uh, Stockton. Um, like, is all that within a couple hours, or is that like? I. Of uh, of Watsonville, it starts to get a little far. I'm probably one of the closer to Watsonville. Mm. So I guess Stockton's not that bad, but... Uh, oh, yeah, Josh Castle. Um, man, who else? Well, Mark's down in Southern California. Uh, who yeah, the, Who is the closest to me? I've never really even asked that. I know Matt was living an hour and a half away for a while. I got down there and hung out with him, made a video, but now he's gone. Yeah. I feel like that Barrett guy is pretty close. <laughs> I'm like, wait, there's somebody in Wichita on Team yeah, DGA? <laughs> yeah, wait, I hang out with them a lot. <laughs> oh, well, that's so convenient. Hey, yeah. if you're in the chat and you live uh, like one state over or something, hit me up. And you're on Team DGA. If you're not on Team DGA, you know, no offense, but you're not cool yet. And I don't know if we can hang out. So. Oh. Mr. Yeah, going out to going out to uh, Worlds in North Carolina and Pennsylvania. I got to go play with uh, Casey. I got to go play with Skip, um, and then um, and then Tom was even in town a while back, and I took him to play Skyline. So I got to hang out with him too. Okay, I'm assuming that you've played with the DGA office guys. Yeah. I have. Yeah, we've played in team challenges and uh, okay. 
Uh, yeah, I've gotten to play with a lot of those guys. Sep says, can you just add me to Team DGA? Then we're like two states away. Yeah, sure. No problem. We've got kind of a, we've got a button for that. Just add you on. Oh, hey, there's Skip right there. Yes, that was a blast, says Skip. Skip, who won? And oh, did Dandridge cheat? You can tell us. Yeah, actually, and Eric was there with us as well. That was, man, there was one, I can't even, I, I can't remember the name of the course, but I still remember there was this one hole we played next to the entrance that was just a, a, a filthy tunnel of trees. And uh, we were talking about how hard it looked. And I feel like somehow we all birdied that hole. And we were like, <laughs> this is never going to happen again. I hit like a, like one, one of us hit like a crazy long putt. Somebody like piped the entire gap. It was pretty awesome. You know, yeah. Skip was a ton of fun to play with. And That's Eric. awesome. Those are the shots that keep coming, keep you coming back. Oh yeah. The moments that you're just laughing with friends, whether you're doing something like Barrett and I were doing today where you're laughing because how can we keep doing this badly? <laughs> like just statistically speaking, it just doesn't make sense that we could throw that many super bad shots in a row or the yeah, opposite. Like when you all, yeah. When you all, throw amazing drives or up shots or putts and end up birdieing an impossible hole to the world's most epic star frame. These are fun, fun moments. What's the disc that you're most excited about? And I'm not going to give away any secrets and you don't either. Not that we know anything, but if you could add a disc to the DGA lineup, whether that be like the recent edition of the D line quake, just making a current mold in a new plastic, or if you want to completely a completely new slot, what do you think? Man, of it? what would it be? I I think, well, I mean, it, it currently exists though, but I would love to see the SP trimmer become like a like a standard disc rather than a special one. Um, I think it's an awesome version of the understable mid range, and I throw it a ton and I love it. Uh, if I was going to create a completely new disc. Um, it would be, it would probably be like a, a, like a really fast overstable disc for overhands, which is completely useful. Like people, there's no reason we should make that disc, but <laughs> something, something kind of like the, like I still do throw a Z flex machete because for overhands, for some reason it turns the slowest and goes the furthest. And, um, I love using the glow hellfire for shorter ones. It replaced my new OS, but, um, you know, something that's kind of useless otherwise for me, but so uh, the hypercane, <laughs> yeah, what the are your thoughts you know, there? I, I do bag one, but oh, nice for like wild flex forehands. I can't figure out what it is that it doesn't overhand well for me. I think it's because really? it's domey, because it's got the speed, it has the stability, everything about it makes sense. But mm. for some reason, I can't get it to, it flips too quick. Real, that's interesting. Yeah. Is your domain? I think we've kind of maybe touched on this a little bit in some Facebook threads or something. But yeah. I, I am throwing the Hypercane Protos the exact same that I've thrown my SP Flex Hurricanes or or whatever, you know that oh. I use that I usually thumber. I throw them the exact same and I walk up the fairway and it's like, Oh my gosh, this is 30 or 40 feet farther than where I normally land, you know, with just the exact same shot, which is what you would hope 
you know, because yeah. it's that much more overstable. So it's so weird that that one isn't, you, we need to, we need to trade, we need to send yeah. you uh, one of the when ones we, I have. Yeah. When we play together, we'll throw each other's hyper canes and see what I'm happens. just going to give mine to you. I just know it's just, I'm just going to hand, I'm going to walk up to you. you one. You pick me up at the airport. I'm just going to hand you a hypercane. We'll hug. Then we'll go play. Yeah. I'm ready to get out and play when it's, we've had so much smoke here lately. It's been hard to get out. Yes. Thank you. And that was actually on my list of things to ask you about. Have you had any scares there? I know we're all thinking about you guys and hoping that you're staying safe during that crazy time. In case anybody in the chat doesn't know, California's kind of on fire. So, and, and, and just in case you further don't know, fire has a tendency to hurt things. Yeah. Yeah. I know the, some of the guys down at DGA had a fire pretty close to them as well. I think that was one of the bigger ones. Um, the one near us is pretty close to being put out. It was not nearly as close to, at least to me as the 2017 fire. Uh, that was within, I don't know, a couple of miles. Uh, you could see flames. This one, I couldn't see anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, this one was way bigger, way smokier. Basically, kind of, you couldn't go do anything outside for two and a half weeks or so. Wow. I tried to go out and play a couple of morning rounds and kind of got through them. But by the time you got to the end, like you couldn't see, you know, you were walked back to the parking lot and you couldn't see the, you know, hills on the other side of the valley. Like it was really dark and gross. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's scary. Yep. So, but it seems to be mostly back to normal. They've gotten a hand on it and, uh, everything is trending the right direction. So. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely hope that gets taken care of soon. And you guys are back to back to the normal, just like a lot of fires, not like yeah, a, normal, a normal amount of fires. just a normal, healthy amount of dangerous stuff. <laughs> earthquakes and fires and no, no more of this crazy raging conflagrations everywhere. Uh, and, and we'll just stick with the stick with the tornadoes. Although I've lived here in Kansas, tornado capital of the world for 32 years. And I have never seen one. Wow. Go figure. That's have you incredible. ever experienced a hurricane uh, earthquake? I did. Yes. I got the one that hit Napa and, whatever 2014 i think or i don't even remember but actually if you look up my name on google i'm not sure what else you might find but um yeah there's like a (laughs) interview with me uh some like i don't know how some reporter like in new york got my name and contact information from somebody and called and interviewed me over the phone a few days after the earthquake that is hilarious i mean yeah it was my first ever earthquake it happened at like two in the morning you, you definitely, even if you've never experienced one, you definitely know what it is when it's happening. Yeah. So yeah, got a little bit of everything that California has to offer. Talk to me about DGA originals. Do you have any, I'm going to put you on the spot. And if you did have one or some, what would they be? So I have... Not because I don't like them. I am very tempted by them, but I try to stick to things that I, that are not limited, which is very hard to do. Um, so I have not purchased any, but by virtue of being in California, like some of the DGA originals 
I've gotten in like different forms of like special, like a special tournament disc or something like that. Um, you know, that they were originally, you know, some of them maybe were like only for certain events and now they're being released as DGA original. So there's a couple of things like glow riffs and, Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. And some of the, like what did the, the granite glow steadies and things like that, that, that I have, um, but I have not purchased them necessarily as a DGA's original. Okay. So basically the only difference between if you're playing those events and getting those that they made really limited runs for those tournaments for the only difference for you would just be the stamp, which yeah, that ghost stamp is pretty sick. I'm just saying. I know, yeah. That's that kind of tells one of those. Heart. You need one of those, man. You got to have I a know. ghost stamp something. I know. I'm, hope, I'm, I'm hoping that one of these days, like I usually get to swing by the factory a couple times a year. So I'm just waiting to be able to go back down there again and hang out and rummage through and see what's kicking around. I have something for you. I need you to send me something like from your trunk or something, but I have something for you. Hang on. The video is kind of shaky for me. So if I don't react immediately... While you're digging for it, I will mention that um, when I got these, you know, I, I, had, I had mentioned in the in the DGA group the other day that I got some of the last SP trimmers. Um, so I heard from Kelly today, they actually found, he said like 18 more of them that were blanks. And so those are going to be coming up available of, what? of the SP trimmers. Oh, nice. So he found they found a couple more. So they're getting they're going to get stamped up and made available somewhere. So he said, just so you know, that was not quite the end of it. We found some more. So if you're on the lookout for some, I think they'll be available on the DGA website maybe sometime next week. I don't know how soon they're stamping those up. But I actually I meant to talk when Hawk mentioned this earlier. And I really appreciated what he said, because I went through this transformation a couple months ago where Hawk said, Sometimes the super flippy stuff is kind of looked down on like, hey, if I've got a good, healthy amount of arm speed, I'm not going to bag that super flippy thing like that's for that's for noobs, beginners. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm an advanced player and I kind of I think I had that sort of stained thinking in the back of my head somewhere with like the sail and the tremor until oh. I put them in the bag and started using them and they are just so useful i'm so surprised how often i throw the sp tremor and the sales now yeah i mean here's my here's my original glow tremor which i still use it's this is like one of the very first runs they're kind of gummy and pretty flippy and then this is my sp sale that i've had in the bag forever um and like yeah there's like almost anything in my bag i probably get the most like oh man what was that when i throw these discs yeah um it's like when you throw like when you throw one of these things and it's just gliding beautifully, flips over and just holds all the way over. It's so, so fun. far. Like people are just like, what was that? And it's, it's usually so one fun of these to watch. And I pull out the SP tremor a lot when I've got a hundred and ten feet left to the basket, but I've shanked yeah. my drive and I'm off in the woods, low ceiling. I need to just 40% power something that's just going to glide four feet off the ground, you know, all yeah. the way there through a little gap or something. It just, it, 
it's almost as useful as a, to have as a utility disk. When we hear utility disk, we think hypercane, right? Or like SB yeah. Flex Hurricane. We don't think about a, a sail or a tremor, but I mean, they both come in handy in certain utility sort of situations. Absolutely. I've even found myself getting pinched off and needing to throw a kind of weird angle and forehanding the tremor. Okay. Get it up high and just let it turn over a little bit and yeah. make it around a corner. Sep is in the chat is pointing out the, um, uh, actually, is this what you're saying? Oh, you, you're saying glow tremor. I will point out the, the ice flex tremor. Yeah. That is an awesome disc. Have you thrown that? Uh, I have not. But so imagine an SP tremor that's just a little more overstable, Ooh. which is very, very handy. Very nice to have. And it's got a ghost stamp. I'm, I'm just <laughs> – it ticks yeah. all the boxes, Dandridge. Okay, but listen. Yeah, this, if, I, if I'm going to break down and get one, that's probably the one, right? Yes, but I need to send you this. Because I remember when I got them all a long time ago, you would ask me if I was going oh, yeah. to actually throw this yellow one. And <laughs> and I am not. Because it's a steady and I throw oh. steady BLs. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. You have it. The teal. Okay. So you don't need it. But, you know, we, we'll talk. I'm not going to yeah. throw this, so I'm I'm open. I'm open yeah, to send it. I do. I do love these. I've always, it, believe it or not, I I think that the steady BL is the only. That's the only steady I don't throw. Like I love the beaded one so much, and then now the Matt Bell ones are so good. Do you um, have, have a like Proline a nice... Flex Swirl? Proline Flex Swirl BL. Yes. I have had those, but okay. I found that they flew a lot like the beaded study. And so. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe it was a different run. The ones that just came out that we put in the DGA originals page, which actually, oh. well, I think the ghost stamped ones are sold out. I think the quad stamp DGA logo ones are still available. Maybe anyway. Were they, they, now were those different than the ones that were at like the hall of fame classic and. You got me there, but I, I can tell you definitively, I've taken them out and thrown them against steady, uh, D line, steady BL and mm -hmm. a couple other putters and they are way less stable. Oh, okay. They might even be somewhere between like a regular steady and your reef off the Ooh, tee. Okay. Again, very useful. My list too. Yeah, mid-level arm speeds, throwing like eighty percent, having a disc that having a putter that just goes dead straight. Yeah, so useful. Yep, I I actually when I was throwing my different bag long before this, I was one of the only people that anybody knew that bagged a DX birdie because oh, yeah, nice. it was the most like it was kind of like an ultimate disc and like for approach shots, just throw it and it just goes straight. Like it doesn't it do anything floats. else. Yep. Um, but that's what I'm finding. Like I just started throwing the D line reef and like it kind of does the same thing. So it's, it's pretty fun. Ben is saying flies like a reef fades like a steady. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Well, I've only had the SP reef for like a week. 
only thrown it yeah. a couple times, so I'm not an expert on that or anything yet. Yet. Um, Dandridge, you got any events coming up? Any uh, uh, any fun things well, on your horizon? So most of the tournaments around here got canceled. Um, a lot of parks and, and counties pulling permits and such. Um, I am going to play another, uh, what is it? NADGT National Amateur Disc Golf Tour, that Dave yeah. Feldberg thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infinite Discs. They're doing another one of those at a private course called Browns and Bows, which Ooh. is also the last event that I played. Um, and so it's a really, really beautiful property. It's a one-day, two-round event. So I'm going to go up and play that and camp out and just kind of spend the weekend. Um, yeah, I miss playing disc golf tournaments. I used to do you know, average probably two a month and travel around with friends. And like, that was kind of what I did on the weekends and it was a blast. So yeah. it's been a really weird year not being able to go do that as much. Yeah. Soon. I know I'm ready. We're gonna I've actually there. seen a lot of people from California, uh, traveling around. Like I saw a bunch of people playing like disc golf tournaments in Idaho and like just traveling out to other States that are still holding sanctioned events. So, but I haven't, haven't been able to do that soon. I'll be out there. I'll bring the hypercane and yeah. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, uh, play a little round at Napa as, yep. as we had discussed a while back. You, you bring a bottle of wine and I'll bring, uh, there's not really a Kansas thing I could bring, but I'll bring, I'll bring another bottle of wine and we'll, okay. we'll play for those. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll drink them and we'll film the whole thing and oh, uh, and then never release it. <laughs> yeah, we'll be like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> like, why did we even film that? <laughs> yeah. We didn't even play good. Uh, all right, Dandridge, thank you so much for coming on whatever this is and for hanging yeah, out sure. with Hawk and I. Um, you want You got anything to say to, we got 20 people still hanging around talking DGA in the chat and listening to us talk about disc flights and such. Yeah, no, man. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. And thanks for everybody that does come to check us, check this out. Um, yeah, it means a lot that people are interested enough to come watch a couple of amateur guys talking about, uh, how much they like these discs and love this game. So you mean you and hang out with us. I mean, I'm a professional. This is this is kind of what I do for my living now. So I think that does make me a pro. Oh, and actually, yeah. Now that you mention it, PDGA uh, calls me a professional now, also. So we're a couple of pros. Uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, we are pros. There is no difference between this and a podcast with like Paige Pierce and Paul Macbeth. Yeah, basically, we're basically, exactly the same. Dead even. All right. Glad yeah. we got that figured out. <laughs> Cool. Nice hanging out with you, Paige. <laughs> oh, why do, I, why do I have to be paid? All right. All right. All right. All right, Dangerous. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I take it. Yeah. And uh, we will see you. Um, see you in the weekend roundups. See you on the DGA all day Facebook page. Oh, thank you. Actually, that's why I brought that up earlier. DGA originals. Not just to point out that you need a couple. Um, we want to release them on Tuesday this week. Normally we cool. release them on Monday every week. So this is just an announcement for those of you watching Monday is labor day. 
So we will be off that day, but we will be releasing three new DGA originals on Tuesday. So you can look out for that and sign up for our email. If you go to our website, you can sign up for our email list. We're actually putting out um, right when those drop what they are. Sometimes we even put out teasers. It's a good email list to be on. And that's all I got. Cool. Sounds great. I'll be looking forward to Tuesday. All right, sir. Have a good night. All right. The fires, drink some wine. I'm going to do that. See you soon. Thanks, Dandridge. All right. Take care, guys. All right. That was Dandridge Marsh and Hawk Corrick. I've been Tyler Brickley. I will continue to be, just so you know, not planning on taking off my Mission Impossible mask when the stream is done, or am I? Guess we'll find out. Ooh, Granite Steady BLL. People are guessing at what they think DGA Originals is. I, guys, I would give you a hint. Well, hang on. Let me, let me just check. I'm not promising that I'll give you a hint, but I think I'm going to know tomorrow because I'll be making some of, some of the graphics for it. But I don't think I know tonight. Yes, I do not know. And it is not on the super secret sheet of secrets where those discs are yet. So I will be finding out tomorrow. You guys will be finding out shortly after that. But I can promise you that they're going to have unique stamps. They're going to fly amazing. And I will like you more if you buy one. And that's really all you need. Okay, guys, thanks for watching, and we will catch you on the next DGA Live. Peace out.